0: Doesn't it feel just good to be here today? Doesn't it just feel like the weight has been lifted, right? It's a good day to be here and a good day to worship together. So, uh, man, I just want to welcome you guys. Welcome those who are watching online. So glad you are participating with us. And I encourage you to do just that, participate. And so if you're watching online, uh, take a minute, leave a comment. Let us know where you're watching from. Let us know what you're thankful for. Uh, And really, just gather your family together, and whether you're, you know, you can watch on your phone or your device or send it to a TV and gather around the whole family. And I I just want you to know, I hope to see you guys soon in person as well. So, man, good day to be here. A few quick announcements, and then we'll jump in. Um, First, want to thank Eugene and Chris for filling in the last couple of weeks. Uh, We've had a busy kind of season here, and we kind of saw it coming, so I asked these guys to step in and and help out, and they did just that, and I really appreciate it. Um, So uh, with Luke graduating last week, and uh, the week before that, we had some trips to make, so it just all worked out great, so I appreciate them filling in. Um, Today we get to start this sermon series about Jeremiah, so I'm really excited about that. We've got a few other things going on. Uh, youth uh, is tonight, 6.30 to 8, and so that's for 5th and 6th grade and for 7th through 12th grade, so that's all here tonight. Uh, we've got a few uh, events coming up. We've got a prom dress giveaway, so if you've got uh, prom dresses laying around your house, you can bring them here. We'll make sure they get uh, matched up with someone who can use them, so that's we've got a couple of dates for that. You can find out all the details online. Uh, we've got um, a community meal coming up. Uh, soon, and so I think uh, Larry shared the the sign up sheet for that this morning. We'll get it shared out to all the social media channels and website and all that later this week too, so you can help with that. That's the last Wednesday of every month, uh, and then we also kind of give you a heads up. I know we've had this huge baby boom here at Cornerstone. We're going to do a baby dedication on Father's Day. Uh, we do them sometimes on Mother's Day, sometimes on Father's Day. This year, Father's Day worked out better. Uh, So if you've got a a little one uh, and would like to do a baby dedication, and and what that is, it's your chance to really commit as a parent. This is more for the parents than the child. uh, To commit as a parent to raise that child in a Christ-centered home. So uh, that's coming up on Father's Day. You can let us know if you want to participate in that. So I think that's all the announcements I've got. Um, And so today we get to start this brand new sermon series on the book of Jeremiah. And I know what you're thinking. You get here and you're like... We get to jump into the Old Testament. How exciting, right? Uh, you know, and, and I, I'm just telling you, right? I, I just a few, uh, you know, probably about a month ago, I finished reading, I was reading through the Bible and I read through, the, the, you know, uh, Jeremiah. And I'm like, that's a tough book to read. I don't know if you've, you've read it, right? There's some books in the Bible that just draw you in and you get excited reading them. Um, and maybe for you, Jeremiah, is one of those books for me I had, it was a struggle, right? So there, I'm just going to be honest, sometimes, right? When you're reading, you're like, man, this is a lot to take in. Uh, but there's a lot there for us to learn from it as well. And so uh, today, uh, we kind of get to, to jump in. Uh, as we go through this series, we're not going to go through the entire book. It's the longest prophetic book uh, in the Old Testament. So um, there's really uh, we would be here for a year if we went through every verse. Uh, but I just want to, we're going to be picking out some chapters, some stories within Jeremiah to kind of give you a, a broad overview of the book. And my my goal in this series is to help you see how an Old Testament prophetic book like this still applies to our world, to our culture today, right? And and so when we look at this, this is not just some dry, uh, tough uh book to read that's a history from long ago, that it's the living word of God that speaks into our life today and that will help us as we make decisions, that will help us as we follow Jesus in our everyday life. And so l- let me just tell you about Jeremiah a little bit. He, when you think about Jeremiah, he uh, was a prophet that spoke uh, and he faced a lot of opposition. He faced a lot of suffering. He preached a message that people did not want to hear. He preached 40 years uh, to a people who wouldn't listen to him. Now, by any stretch of human reasoning, I think we would say that he was not a successful pastor. right? Just think with me for a minute. Think with me that if a pastor here in Galax preached for 40 years and nobody ever listened to him, (laughs) nobody ever got saved, Nobody ever repented. Nobody, you, you didn't see any change in the people. You know, the church didn't grow. What would you, you, if you saw someone do that, what would your opinion be of that person? I think you'd tell them, you need to find a different job, right? I think you would tell them, wait a minute here. Are you really sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing? And yet, that's what Jeremiah did. He was courageous. He was faithful. He, he continued pressing forward even when it seemed like there was no hope. And he did what God called him to do. And because of that, we look at him now and we see we see a picture of faithfulness. We, we see a picture of how we can represent God even when the world is not receptive. One of the things I've learned over the years... Uh, it is that ministering in Appalachia, which is our home, which is where we've grown up, right? It's that small churches aren't bad churches, right? I think if you read church growth books or you go to church conferences, they would tell you, well, if a church is healthy, it's going to be growing and it needs to be doubling in size and it needs to be reaching more people. And, and I'm telling you, right, there are so many good churches in our community and not all of them are big churches. There's a lot of faithful people who are preaching week after week, who are getting in the Word together and studying and and reaching people right where they are and discipling people, and they are good churches, and yet they don't receive the recognition. They don't receive the accolades. They're not the ones that you see on the front page of the paper. But when we learn that we can be faithful, when we learn it's not about the numbers, It's about the faithfulness. Uh, Then we're getting to the heart of Jeremiah. That's where we're digging in. And that's when we learn, okay, let's listen to God. Let's do what he calls us to do. Let's say what he wants us to say. And and so for me lately, I've been wrestling with this question, right? I mean, it's like uh, in in a post-pandemic world, what does it look like for Cornerstone to be a successful church? Because things are going to be different. We know that as much as we would like to say, hey, let's just kind of, I mean, things are starting to get a little more back to normal, but they're still not where they were before. And we're not, it's going to be different for a while. So what does success look like? Is it based on how many people are in this room on Sunday morning? Is it based on how many people are watching online? Or is it based on our faithfulness to the mission that God has given us? That's where we've got to reset uh, our, our view a little bit. We've got to go back and look, God, are we being faithful to the message, to the ministry that you've called us to? And, and here's what I really believe. Uh, you know, for me, success for this church, for me personally, it's being where God wants us to be. I remember um, at a we went to a youth conference several years ago, um, and Matt Chandler was actually speaking there, and... He preached, on, uh, uh, he preached on several passages, but one of the passages he talked about was in Acts chapter 17. Um, and he really pulled out of this passage something that, that kind of grabbed me and, and, and I kind of held on to. And it, let me just read it to you. It's Acts 17, verse 26 and 27. It said, From one man he has made every nationality to live over the whole earth, And he has determined their appointed times and the boundaries of where they live. He did this so that they might seek God and perhaps they might reach out and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Now, what I love about this verse is that when we look at this, right? He has determined our boundaries and our appointed times. What is he saying? God has put you where you are. God has placed you in this community. He's, he has appointed your boundaries. He has determined your time. You are born in, in this community. You know, you're here. You're born in this time period for such a time as this. God has you where he wants you to be. Now, for some of us and some, you know, you may be, you may be here and you may be saying, I, I wish I was somewhere else. Here's what God wants you to know. If you're, if you're listening to him and you're following him, you are where he wants you to be. And you've got to learn, okay, how can I hear from you? How can I obey what you're telling me to do? How can I learn to live out the, this, my faith in a, in a real tangible way uh, so that people can learn about Jesus? Uh, that's really what success is going to be. Um, and, and so how can we remain faithful, right? How can we remain faithful? How can we listen to God? How can we learn to, to follow Him? Pray for our firefighters. So, um, how can we be faithful in a world that's not always listening? In a world that's not always receptive? Um, you look at the Jeremiah, and I think that really speaks to what success looks like. It speaks to what it looks like for us to, uh, to live in a world that de- doesn't really want to hear the message we're sharing sometimes. Uh, Pastor Ray Steadman, he wrote a book about Jeremiah, uh, and this is how he opened up the book, and this was back in 2018, so it's a few years ago, but not many, and it's still applicable very, even more so today. This is what he said. He said, we live in an era of moral and spiritual crisis. We live in a world that has turned its back on God. Would you agree with me on that? Take the United States, for example. In its founding charter, the nation's founders recognized that human beings are endowed by God with certain unalienable rights. If that document were being written today, however, any mention of God would likely be crossed out. Uh, leaders in American government, the courts, the media, and our universities are offended or embarrassed by America's God-based roots. Many want to remove one nation under God from the Pledge of Allegiance. We've seen that, and, and God we trust from our coins. Some are even rewriting history, removing any references to faith from the Founding Fathers. There are even many leaders in the church who no longer talk about the God of the Bible or His Son, Jesus Christ. They no longer want to teach about heaven and hell or that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Instead, they teach that there are many paths to the same destination and that it doesn't matter really what you believe as long as you are sincere. Some churches, even embarrassed by the biblical story of Christ's atonement for our sin on the cross have removed the cross from their buildings and their Sunday morning services. We live in a time of moral and spiritual crisis every bit as dire and dangerous as Jeremiah's day. Like the ancient nation of Judah, it seems at times that our culture is rushing headlong toward its own destruction. Now I don't know what you feel like when I read that, but when I look at the world around us, what I see is a world that's increasingly growing hostile to the gospel. It's increasingly growing hostile to Christianity and to what we believe and what we teach and uh, the long-held views uh, of the Judeo-Christian value system. And so this poses a problem for us. If the world is hostile to what we believe, what do we do? Do we keep on proclaiming the same message Or do we try to sugarcoat it? Do we try to make it a little more uh, comfortable for people to hear? And I think that's the choice that a lot of churches are really struggling with right now. Are they going to be faithful to what the Bible says? Or are they going to start twisting it around to make it a little easier to to hear? And so as a church, do you know where we stand? (laughs) I hope you do. That we're not going to do that. We're going to stay faithful to what the Word says. That we're going to keep doing it, even when it's not popular. And so, when we look at this, when we study Old Testament prophets, you learn what they do. They learn. uh, They they go and they address the sin uh, and the the nation, uh, how the 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 country has disobeyed God. They present. how people should respond here's how you repent here's how you change here's how you turn back to God and then they give hope about the future and so much of our preaching is this it's like okay here's where we are it's not always what we want to hear it's not always comfortable it's not always like you know that good warm and fuzzy feeling that you come to church on Sunday morning but here's where we are Here's what we need to do, and here's where God is taking us. Here's the future hope. And so that's really what I think one of the things we learn from Jeremiah is this whole process that we're going through. So let me kind of give you a rough background, then we'll jump in. Jeremiah, he was a prophet. Uh, this is the longest prophetic book in the Bible. It's 1,364 verses. Um There's more written about the life of Jeremiah than really the other prophets. We know more about him personally. Uh, This goes from a period of like 640 B.C. to 580 B.C., and so let me just kind of jump right in to Jeremiah chapter one, verse one. It says, these are the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests from the town of Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. And, and so most of these books start off just like, who are we, who is this guy? Who, what are we learning? We learn that he's kind of a preacher's kid. <laughs> his, his dad was a priest, Hilkiah. and. And many people think his dad Hilkiah was the one who found the scrolls in the temple and kind of led the nation to turn, it, turn to turn back to God, and so he was living up to this legacy right before him. He came from a a, a, a family of priests, and, and and so we know that about him. And and, uh, and then it says in verse two, the Lord first gave messages to Jeremiah during the. The, the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, uh, the Lord's messages continued through the reign of King Jehoiakim, Josiah's son, and to the 11th year of the, the reign of King Zedekiah, another of Josiah's sons. In August of that 11th year, the people of Jerusalem were, Jerusalem were taken away as captives. And so where we are here, uh, there's not a lot here, but it tells us when this happened. It told us who the kings were and it told us what the end result here. Right. He started there in the days of Josiah, which was uh, Judah's last good king. And it continues through Zedekiah, who was Judah's last king. And if you know a little bit about the history in the Old Testament, there was the southern kingdom of Judah and the northern kingdom of Israel. The northern kingdom of Israel has already been captured, taken to Assyria. And so this is the last days of the southern kingdom of Judah before uh, the country was captured, overthrown uh, by Babylon. So this is kind of showing a nation that is on the decline its final years this is showing what happens when a nation turns its back to God and refuses to listen and so that's really where uh, we kind of jump in today so what can we learn I'm going to go through the first chapter today I'm going to give you several lessons that we can learn so this is a little bit different sermon series um It's a little more uh, teaching than preaching. It's a little more historical. It's a little more uh, just kind of a different style maybe than you're accustomed to. But we're going to pull out several lessons this morning. And I want you to really think about how they apply to your life today. Here's the first lesson that I want you to learn. We prepare for God's call on our life by discovering our identity in Christ. If God has a call on your life, right, and I believe he does for each and every one of you, then how we prepare for that call is we lean into our identity in Christ. We lean into it. What what do I mean by that? Let's look at verse four. The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you as my prophet to the nations. And so what God is telling Jeremiah here, he's telling him, you know, things have been in the works since before you were born. In other words, I've been working and this is all about your father, your mother, your grandfather, your grandmother, your great grandfathers, your great all your family. This has all come together for this time. And so you're just another piece in this ongoing, right, this ongoing story that God is writing. And, and God has a plan for you. God has started this before you were even born. And it, it's amazing to me, right, that God chose us before we are born, that he has appointed us to be, become engaged in this spiritual battle. And so I, I think about that. I think about uh, the, the people that God has placed in my life at strategic times and the people even uh, going back generation after generation after generation that have, prov- that have really prepared the path for me. And, and so I, I think about that, and that's really, that's really pretty incredible to think about. Uh, have you ever heard someone say that, man, when God made that person, they broke the mold? You ever heard someone say that? Um, that's true for every single person here. When God made you, at the mold, He made you to be exactly who you are. He has wired you a certain way. He has given you a certain personality. You are... Everything about you, God designed on purpose with a plan and for a purpose. Everything about you... Uh, God has, has, he has, he set you apart. This is not just a message to Jeremiah. It's a message to us today that he has set you apart. And so what we fail to understand is that when God made you, he broke the mold. You can say that, right? You are a one of a kind individual out of the billions of people on earth. You are the only one that God has gifted the way that he has gifted you. And so how are we serving them? How are we using those gifts? Are we wasting them? Are we using them on ourselves? or are we using them to advance the kingdom of God? Um, man, I, I just think about this and and this verse, obviously, I don't think I can read it without talking about. This is why, from the Christian faith perspective, that we look at those unborn, uh, and we really, we 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 look at this, and we, this is such a big issue, the issue of abortion for Christians, right? God made you before you were even born. He knew you. He, he formed you in your mother's womb. Look at Psalm 139. He, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well do I know it? You watch me as I was being formed. Um in, my, in, in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Wow. And so the whole issue of abortion, it's not a political issue. It's not this. It, but when we understand God, uh, even babies in the womb, God knows them. God designed them. God has a plan for them. That's why it's such an important issue is the issue of life. And even if that baby is unwanted by the parents, that baby is not unwanted by God because God has a plan for them. And so this is why, right? I say, you know, we look at culture, it's all about convenience. But can we talk about what it means to be Faithful. Um, I love what Warren Rearsby said. He said, what we are is God's gift to us. That's how he's wired us. That's how he's made us. But what we do with it is our gift to him. What we do with it, it's our gift to him. And so that's the first lesson this morning. This whole idea is that we've got to understand our identity. We've got to understand who made us. We've got to understand we have a creator if we want to start living out that plan. Here's the second lesson. Uh, Fulfilling our calling is not dependent upon our own strength or skills, but on God's presence with us. So God has given you, he has created you with all these gifts and skills and abilities and passions and all this stuff, right? But fulfilling our calling is not just based on us being, hey, let me show you what I can do. Look at how great I am. No, it's all about understanding God is with us verse six and seven and eight here it says oh sovereign lord i can't speak for you i'm too young so jeremiah immediately when god's calling him and saying wait a minute you don't know me you don't know I, I, i'm not the right guy for this it reminds you of moses right the lord replied don't say i'm too young for you must go wherever i send you you must say whatever i tell you and don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and I will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. And so when God is, you know, he's giving him, he's saying, first of all, you need to go where I tell you to go. You need to say what I tell you to say. And you need to not be afraid about it when you go. I think that's a message we need to, to understand today. Uh, when we go to work, we need to go where God tells us to go we need to say what he tells us to say and we don't need to be afraid and so this is a, again like I said there's lessons we can learn from a book that was written uh, you know over you know 600 700 years before Jesus was born here and we've got this I mean we've got stuff we can learn here that applies to us today and so if you ever feel inadequate right if you ever feel like I'm not good enough, you don't know my past, you're in good company. Because as we look through scriptures, not just Jeremiah, we see Moses, right? We see, uh, we see a lot of God's servants kind of do this. Isaiah, we see a lot of people say, wait a minute, I'm not the one. But what we see is it's not about us. It's not about what we bring to the table. It's about understanding God is with us. And when God, we understand that, man, it changes everything about it. I've told you before, I really think God has an incredible sense of humor. I really think that sometimes he's like, well, you, you want to see something funny? Watch this. I'm going to use this person to do this. And everybody's going to stand back and say, but don't you? Yeah, yeah, just you roll with it. You're going to see how it plays out. I think that my story is that I really think that, right? I see some of y'all that laughing because you knew me back when I was growing up. I mean, I was the kid, and I've shared a little bit of this before, but I mean, I had major speech problems up into middle school, like professional speech therapy wise, like the kid that never talked in class, right? I was a smart kid, but I was a kid that was really shy, and I didn't talk because I couldn't talk plain. And part of it was my brain went at like a million miles an hour, and I talked really fast. So some of y'all say, yeah, we know it. So part of my speech therapy was I had to record myself on a little cassette tape player and slow down and like really go slow, right? That was part. And so even now when I'm preaching, sometimes when I get wound up, Jennifer says, you wore us out today. <laughs> slow down. <laughs> All right. And y'all are like, I-, I just talk fast. Normally I get it and I just blah, 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 and y'all are like, whoa, okay. So when I'm wound up, I talk a little. F- I've got to slow myself. It's, it's a mental process. I've got to go. Okay, I was the kid, like I said, that didn't talk much. I was the kid, I went through four years of college, and I've shared it. I never talked to a professor a single time. (laughs) I'm like, why would I want to do that? I will sit in the back of the class. I will turn in my assignments when they're due. They don't want to know me. I don't want to know them. I'm just, that was my attitude. All right? That, that, you know, and going to a big school was kind of good for me. I went to tech. And so, you know, when you have 600 people in your chemistry class, it kind of works out. You know, but that's, and now God says, okay, you know, this guy that doesn't like to talk, that doesn't like to be in front of people, I'm going to use him to run his mouth on Sunday mornings. God has a sense of Humor. And and, and I'm, I'm telling you, every single one of us, it's like that. Now your story's different than my story, but God has used your experiences, He's used your past, and He will do things with you that you will have excuse after excuse about why I can't do it. But God says, "Watch this, <laughs> watch this," because I don't care uh, what everyone else thinks. I'm going to use your past. I'm going to use your story. It's part of who you are, but I'm going to use it to tell people about my goodness and my greatness. And that's what he did with Jeremiah. Uh, I love this. Warren Rears began. He said, God calls us. However, he isn't making a mistake. And for us to hesitate or refuse to obey is an act on the basis of unbelief and it's not faith. It's one thing for us to know our weaknesses, but it's quite something else for, for us to say that our weakness prevents us from getting anything done for God. Instead of being an evidence of humility, this attitude reeks of pride. So if we say my weakness, God, is what keeps me from serving you, that's not humility, that's pride because we're telling God we know better than he does. And, and so who are we to tell God what he can do or what he can't do? Who are we, right? The same promise that God gives Jeremiah has been delivered to us. And so instead of saying, Lord, choose someone else, we need to say, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say? I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to do it, right? That's the second lesson. Here's the third lesson. Let's keep going. We'll be here all day if I get too wound up. Do we trust God to empower us to do his will, even when it's not popular? There are going to be times when we serve God that it is not popular, Right. I heard someone say one time if you want you know don't get into ministry uh, to make people happy. If you want to make people happy, go and sell ice cream. Don't get into ministry. If I've learned anything this past year, there's a lot of truth in that. There's no way you're going to make everyone happy. Right? We've got to entrust we've got to allow God to empower us even when it's not popular. Verse 9 it says this. The Lord reached out. He touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against the nations and kingdoms. Some of you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. Imagine all the nations of the world, right? I mean, God is sending Jeremiah into a hornet's nest, (laughs) He is sending him into the fire. He is sending him to people who don't want to hear what he's going to say. And he's like, okay, your mission for some of these is to, t- to tear down, to destroy for some. It's to build up. How are we going to know the difference? It's by listening to me. It's by speaking the words that God has put in our mouth. I'm telling you, time after time after time, I've experienced this in my life. Um, I've even gotten up here to preach before. And like, uh, it's like, you know, that's what my notes say, but... That's not what I need to say this morning. Right? It's like God is saying, no, this is what you need to say. How many times have I been talking with someone and God said, this is what you need to say. And I'm like, are you sure, God? <laughs> that seems a little strange. Let's roll with it. That's just, this is part of the Christian life, right? It's being able to understand the promptings that God gives us to speak on his behalf. And so it's not like this big booming voice that God says, you need to say this. But there are times that you know God is leading you to do something. All right? When you re- open up to God's Word and you read it and you feel that, hey, I need to pick up the phone and call. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. That, that's the Holy Spirit working in you. And, and so uh, I would say this, you know, when we look at Jeremiah, he's been called the weeping prophet. And part of it is because What what he is called to do is so hard. It's so tough. You read Jeremiah, you read Lamentations, and what we read is the story about Jeremiah, a story of grief, a story of sorrow, a story of frustration. But yet he remained faithful even when he was losing hope. And so I'm just going to tell you the world needs some Jeremiah's today. The world needs some Jeremiah, some people that will stand up. And that kind of leads me to my, my next lesson that faithfulness is not failure. Now, again, from a human perspective, we look at Jeremiah. He, he doesn't look like he's that successful. Um, but here's what I, I want you to know is that he was faithful. And anytime you are faithful, it is not a failure. And so this whole last section... Um, I'm not going to read it all, uh, but verse 11 and 12, he's talking about this almond tree, and there's a word play here because the almond tree was in in in, in Hebrew, it was the watcher, uh, and he's saying it's going to be the first thing that blooms. It, it's kind of the, it's kind of giving you a a. a, a uh, a first glimpse of what's going to happen, and then he goes into this whole analogy. There's a boiling water spilling from the north, and there's going to be terror that's coming on this land. He, and as this is all the voice of prophecy that's coming to explain what's about to happen to Judah, what's about to happen to this southern kingdom? They're about to be destroyed. Um, and and so uh, you know verse 16 he says I will pronounce judgment on my people for all of their evil for deserting me and burning incense to other gods yes they worship idols made with their own human hands he's saying they have turned their back on me they're worshiping other gods they're worshiping themselves And if I look at our culture today, the biggest thing that I see is that we worship ourselves. We worship our own ingenuity. We worship our own uh, uh, scientific knowledge. We worship our own abilities and our inventions and our gadgets. And we worship ourselves. That's what's replaced the worship of God. It's idolatry. And so the Lord, he didn't give Jeremiah this joyful message, but he gave him a message of judgment. In verse 17, he said, get up and prepare for action. Go out and tell them everything I tell you. Do not be afraid of them or I will make you look foolish in front of them. For you see, today I've made you strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured like an iron pillar or a bronze wall. You will stand against the whole land, the kings, the officials, the priests, the people of Judah. They will fight you, but they will fail. For I am with you and I will take care of you. I, the Lord, have spoken. That's the introduction we have here uh, in the book of Jeremiah. That God is with us and if he is with us, we will not fail. And so I, I kind of want to leave you with this final thought this morning. All right? And it's a, if you feel like you are not good enough, remember that it's not about your inadequacy. But it's about God's sufficiency. If you're here this morning and you say, but I really can't do anything for God. You don't understand. I'm not, uh, I can't really talk about it. I get nervous. I'm fearful of what people will think about me. I don't want to be, I don't know enough about my Bible. Uh, you don't know my past sins. You don't know what I've done. It's not about your inadequacy. It's about God's sufficiency to, do, to work in you and through you. And so we've got to get out of the way and say, God, use me. God, wherever I'm at, you've placed me here at this appointed time, at this, in this appointed place. I want to be faithful. So God, use me. If we can get to that point, right? If we get to that point where we say, God, okay, I'm ready for you to start using me we start getting in our word and reading, we start opening up our hearts to say, God, who do you want me to talk to? Who do you want me to reach? How do you want me to serve you? Then it's amazing what God can do. It's going to make the world look foolish. It won't make ourselves look foolish. It'll make the world look foolish for doubting who God is. And so I just want to just challenge you a little bit as we continue to explore this book of Jeremiah. We're going to learn about justice and righteousness and mercy, about God's love. We're also going to learn what happens when we refuse to to listen to God. And so there's a lot of wisdom that is here for us to learn from. And so today's, again, a little different. You've got an introduction to Jeremiah. I'll challenge you. Go ahead and start reading it. Uh, Go watch the Bible Project video on Jeremiah. Uh, We'll post it this week to give you kind of an overview of the book and... Uh, Start jumping in and learning from it. And and you get an idea of what it looks like when a nation turns its back on God. My prayer is that we don't do that. My prayer is that we stand firm. We continue telling people about Jesus, uh, about his plan for us. Um, And so that's my hope. That's my prayer this morning. If you're here today um, and you're saying, Mike, okay, I, I get all this. But I still, I, I feel like I'm an outsider looking in. I don't know this Jesus you're talking about. I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I've never really surrendered my life. Then today is your opportunity to do that. It's not about your, inadequ- your inadequacy. It's about surrendering. It's about yielding and saying, God, I want you to be Lord of my life. I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus died for me on that cross. And because of that, I I want to, I want to. I want want God to forgive my sins. I want to follow after Jesus. I want to put my faith, my trust in Jesus. If that's you this morning, here's your opportunity. Let's pray together and the praise team will come back up. Heavenly Father, today we just thank you for who you are, for the ability to come together to worship, to learn from your word. Even in a passage from the Old Testament that may seem like it doesn't have a lot of application for us today. When we open your word, we find life. We find truth, we find peace, we find strength, we find everything we need for today. And so Heavenly Father, my prayer is that as we close today, this would be a time where we can respond to you. And so if there's something in our life that we need to repent from, we need to turn from, then right here today, can we do that? Can we acknowledge our own sinfulness? Can we confess it to you and and turn our life back to you? Lord, we um, we pray for those that are listening today, uh, those that are here today, that everybody here that's under the sound of my voice would know that Jesus is the Lord of their life. That there would be no doubt about it. That they would confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. That they would believe in their heart, God, that you raised Jesus from the dead to pay right to pay that penalty for their sins. To rate, you raised Jesus to life so that we could have eternal life forever. Lord, I pray that we would be able just to surrender to Jesus today. Um, Lord, I pray for this church. Help us not to uh, to bow down to the world, to give in to the standards of the world, but help us to stand strong in what we believe. Help us to stand strong in your word, to not compromise, um, to still love others, to still love you, but to do it, uh, in and in a spirit uh, uh, of power that comes from the Holy Spirit. Lord, we just thank you this morning. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.